Would you like to accelerate your career and reach your full potential in just minutes a day? Welcome to the LeadX Show with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. Hey guys, Kevin Cruz here. Welcome to the LeadX Leadership Show, where we help you to stand out and to get ahead at work. Now, as you know, we like to switch things up here, keep it interesting, and to continue that tradition, today on the podcast, instead of me interviewing an expert guest, we're going to have the guest deep dive into their topic. You see, you'll be hearing audio from a LeadX webinar. Now, of course, there are dozens of great webinars on leadership, management, communication, productivity, and more, all archived in the LeadX app. Just visit leadx.org for more information about our webinar archive. So enough on the setup, enough background information. Here is Vanya Mathis to introduce our guest and to hand it over to them. Enjoy. Our next host helps organizations create a thriving culture of positive well-being at work. She's an expert in positive psychology, coaching psychology, and post-traumatic growth. She founded the nonprofit organization Champs for Change to help leaders achieve mental health and engagement, and today she's going to teach you how to coach through a crisis. You're going to understand adversity and post-traumatic growth and the role that you're playing as a coach to facilitate a positive outcome. Please welcome Ruth Cooper Dixon. So welcome to Coaching Through Adversity, and I'm Ruth Cooper-Dixon. I'm the Managing Director and also the founder of Champs, as already introduced. And here is a little bit about me and my expertise as to why I'm here with you today. So I've had a long corporate career um, spanning over 18 years um, in business improvement, projects and change management, uh, recruitment and talent and inclusion. So there's always been a thread of people in every role I've ever done and I set up Champs, a global mental wealth people consultancy back in 2015 through my own lived experience of mental ill health and being diagnosed with several anxiety disorders due to burnout and a breakdown at that point. And um, to, to really understand more about my my background around what I was I was wanting to uh, work with corporates on I studied my MSc in applied positive psychology and coaching psychology and applied positive psychology is a fairly new field of research it's been around for around 20 years uh, 20 to 30 years um, of research there so in terms of psychology it is a fairly new field as is coaching psychology which I'm going to talk to you a little bit about today and when I completed my MSc at the end of 2019, I focused my dissertation, my research on post-traumatic growth and coaching. And that is the topic of today's webinar. I'm also a coaching practitioner, so I work with clients and I'm currently undergoing accreditation with the European Mentoring Coaching Council. And I have co uh, corporate clients, so Champs itself works with predominantly large global clients. So many of my coaching clients do come from that space, from all levels of seniority. I'm also a mental health first aid instructor. 
So I have the instructor knowledge to be able to, to train mental health first aiders. And I'm a patron of the UK anxiety uh, charity, No Panic. Again, my expertise is around the mental ill health condition of anxiety disorders. And as I mentioned at the start um, of this slide here, I was talking about my reason for starting Shams and what I discovered when I was on my 18 months MSc was that I had been through this journey of post-traumatic growth, although I did not know what that was or um, at the time I didn't understand that was what I was going through. And uh, as we start to cover these topics, you will perhaps understand a little bit of why for me, uh, Shamps was the, the best thing to come out of such a dark time. And also the fact that I am um, grateful in in cases to have had that experience um, and it has definitely put me on a life path and a journey that I was not expecting to be on five years ago and for me the fascination around trauma particularly and the human resilience and adversity skills that we possess is is really fascinating for me to understand and to understand how this phenomenon has impacted others. And finally, to think about why people um, sought coaching as a way to move through pain and trauma, because often people do seek out coaching rather than perhaps uh, mental health professional support. And this is really, again, some of the, the topics I'm going to be kind of covering as we work through through this webinar. So my, my reason for starting Shamps was through post-traumatic growth. And the research that I wanted to focus on was to understand how that coaching uh, practice could help facilitate post-traumatic growth in a client. And what I found was there was actually limited research between the two fields as post-traumatic growth is fairly new area of research as in line with positive psychology and coaching psychology again is a fairly new area of research as well. So this was a you know, very much a, a reason for wanting to explore these areas in more detail. So what doesn't kill us? I'm sure you may have heard this um, phrase before. And post-traumatic growth is the phenomenon of people experiencing positive change following adversity. And it started to be studied in around the 1990s, um, looking at people who experience positive change following a period of, of trauma or a stressful life event. And Nietzsche came up with the, uh, the, the, the adage of what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And that's paraphrase there, but that kind of gives you uh, an indicator that the human spirit, uh, the human condition, if we, if we can get through very difficult and dark times, we can um, survive and become stronger through it. And potential growth um, in human struggle, in loss, in crisis and suffering has been recounted really since ancient times. It's only been since around the 1990s that research has really started to happen within this field. And it can be seen as an outcome. So post-traumatic growth is often seen as an outcome and it depends on where the individual is at that particular point in time. 
I think what's important to recognize is that trauma is individual. And um, what I consider to be traumatic in my life and experience may not seem um, traumatic to somebody else. It's very much relative. And when we think about trauma, we often go straight to, on a, say, a continuum, quite um, horrific uh, experiences, perhaps a, a sexual assault or a war zone, um, a, a terrorist incident or you know, a natural disaster. So we, we tend to think of trauma in those contexts quite often. But trauma could be for somebody losing a job. It could be um, so an long, you know, longer term unemployment. It could be a relationship breakdown. It's very much around uh, the, the the sphere of the personal shades of what that person's experienced. And I think in the current times we're living in right now, with the global pandemic, there'll be many people who are experiencing their own forms of trauma. But the the point of the trauma is it must be of a seismic proportion for that individual and it really has to shatter that individual's assumptions and again if you think about COVID-19 at the moment then that's definitely going to be shattering lots of people's assumptions about what their window on the world looked like. So post-traumatic growth is a phenomenon data functioning than what they were previous to the trauma. Um, and the perceived growth has been reported across the domains of uh, the changes in perception of self, the change in relationship to others, so the, the relationships that individual has with their friends, with their family, with their social connections. But quite often, it's this change philosophy of life, including a deeper appreciation for life. I think that's very true of, of what we're all experiencing uh, globally at the moment in 2020. And for some, and or I have already experienced individuals reaching out to me in the last three or four weeks who have really said, you know what this has made me think about a new sense of life direction it's giving me new opportunities and purpose and priorities and I think we will start to see this sh shift in, in many people um, throughout this year and, and going forwards I think what's important to recognize with post-traumatic growth because it might be a, a new phrase that many of you have not heard previously post-traumatic growth is not the opposite of a scale to post-traumatic stress disorder PTSD um, somebody can still go through post-traumatic growth having experienced uh, post-traumatic stress disorder um, the idea is it's it's not universal so not everyone will come out with um, with growth um, it's also not hedonistic so it doesn't make you feel happy and you know uh, you know, sort of uh, celebrating that particular trauma um, or you you know that you wish that the trauma had happened you know I said uh, in the last slide I was glad to to in some ways to have gone through that experience to be where I am today but you know I would never have wished to have been where I was uh, throughout 2015 
And it's also around not denying that the trauma has happened as well. So it's not, um, you know, locking that away in a box and pretending it never happened. It's actually working through that particular experience. And there are other types of um, stress coping mechanisms and adversarial growth uh, models and theories out there. The difference with post-traumatic growth really is that that person, when they return after the the uh, the situation, the trauma has passed or stressful life event has passed, that person reverts to a higher level, um, an exceeded level of of self or relationships or philosophy than previous. So there has to be that actual growth there in play. So if we think about post-traumatic growth on one hand, and then we start to look at the role of coaching, and, and many of you may have experienced coaching, you might even be coaches who are listening to this, and the, the role of coaching is really important when we, when we look at the overarching um, concepts here, because it's it has an ethical scaffold in, you know, there's, very, there's a number of... Uh, I guess, uh, membership organizations I mentioned before. I'm um, working through accreditation with the EMCC. Um, but there's, you know, they have a code of conduct. They have core competences. However, it is a unregulated industry. And um, some people go through very high level qualifications, very in depth, such as the MSc that I studied at the University of East London. But some people, you know, you can you can be trained online as a coach. And that's not to say that's any less effective, but it does have uh, different parameters around the depth of study and the quality around that. And we started to see an emergence of coaching psychology, um, sort of evidence-based practice research into the methods of coaching psychology. Um, and that was to really define it as a, a specialist area. Um, but there is the fact that it is unregulated, it is unlicensed, and we do see inconsistent approaches to practitioners in the field. So there is this whole argument that although coaching and psychotherapy may look similar, you know, you might go to your coach as you would a therapist and talk about problems and issues uh, and have that confidential conversation. But some academics believe there's a very clear demarcation between the two. Are you going to coaching? Or are you having you know, psychotherapy or some form of counseling? However, other academics argue there is a significant overlap between coaching and other cognitive behavioral and solution-focused therapies. So for example, um, you know, I might do some cognitive behavioral coaching work with a client. Um, you also have narrative, you have person-centered, you have gestalt, solutions-focused coaching. So there's a whole range of different models out there that coaches can be trained in and, and can explore. But what we find as a coach, and for those who are listening that are coaches or who have been, if you've been coached previously, is that often you seek a coach because, um, you're, you might know the actual problem, you might know what you want to achieve and you might want to set out some goals, but often people um, attend coaching or they request coaching if they're in an organization is because they're, they're not sure of the reason why they're stuck. Um, they cannot move forwards. They find that that path is not clear for them or it feels quite blocked. And that's really important to consider because what you start to see then is this blurred 
line between okay is this coaching or is this in fact a, you know, a talking therapy style approach um, is it something that needs perhaps more deeper expertise around uh, mental health or psychiatric support and but coaching is often sought during that difficult time in a person's life and that is really important to recognize and some people uh, who come for coaching have had therapy or counseling before in the past and they've dealt with issues uh, and problems that they've had perhaps from their childhood or early adulthood and that they've dealt with that they've they've moved on from there and they're, they're looking to move forward so often they don't people don't want to kind of go back into the into the, the past they want to really focus on what's happening next how can I get there how can I make myself it's unstuckable if that's actually a word so what is the role of the coach in all this? Because if, if we have a, a client who's going through a stressful life event or going through some trauma, so they may have uh, been made redundant or unemployed, which could be very much a sign, unfortunately, of the time we're in right at this moment. So they might seek a coach to think about what's next for them. Uh, they don't want to look at the past um, and they're very keen to move forward. So what is the role of the coach within all of this? Well, it is really helpful. The research shows it's really helpful for the coach to upskill, to have an understanding or knowledge of the field of psychological trauma. Now, that doesn't mean you have to become, you know, an MD or a psychiatrist and, and you know, sp spend all those years studying. But what it means is it's to start to have some appreciation, to pick up some practical skills, to um, attend accredited CPD style courses that just give you a bit more knowledge to support your own practice. And then when you come across difficulties and you know, I think as a coach, you should be self-aware enough to know your own boundaries within this um, sphere dependent on your own individual training experience but then you know what those boundaries look like and you can very quickly if you come across difficulties refer your client to a mental health professional or pause the sessions or continue in parallel with some kind of support it's important that some coaches though do feel qualified and competent to hold that space that is something as a coach that I found that with many clients I tend to I guess go quite deep if you like to call it that with with clients who who just would like to talk about an experience sometimes and use that space to somebody who's going to listen with a non-judgmental ear you know who isn't a, a partner a work colleague um, who's not going to give advice who's not going to you know tell them what to do or solution uh, focus you know this is this is how you should do it it's very much around giving that space and there is no need to to kind of challenge those emotions you know that it can provide that person an opportunity to perhaps um, express that to look at it and to move on from it and to give that person hope and new meaning and quite often I've seen in clients where they've been able to verbalize a situation and they've given me some context around a situation which might have happened before in the past which has been helpful for perhaps understanding where they're at now and how they want to move forwards. I think what's important to recognize now in today's world is that 
you know, one in 10 people around the world suffer with a mental health disorder. But if you even look at that statistic and you see what is happening right now in 2020 globally, you know, I don't think there's any, everybody has mental health. Um, and I think we all have an ability to move across that continuum. You know, it doesn't mean we're necessarily in, in the space of a, disorder but it can mean we're experiencing our own lived trauma we're experiencing uh, you know mental health symptoms um, such as uh, you know anxiety or low mood or feeling overwhelmed or feeling very stressed and, and not being able to unpick that within uh, their own mind and I think as well there's a, such a greater change around work-life integration and when you speak to perhaps you know, a business, you know, a specific business coach, but actually how people's lives are so blurred now. And I think, you know, pre COVID-19, but also post COVID-19 where people have suddenly had to adapt and shift their routines to be able to work from home as well. You know, that concept of work life integration has completely uh, gone. It's just become a fuse, a fusion of, uh, of concepts. So, I think, you know, in the past, perhaps you had business coaching, but if you had a goal to lift your profits or to be promoted, quite often there's a well-being um, goal attached as part of that uh, that needs to be addressed or some issues around that that need to be addressed. And I think even more so now that people are looking at their lives so much more holistically and it's not seen as work is one side and, uh, you know, home and personal life are separate. So I, I think the, the traditional live coach you know who was perhaps around five ten years ago where it was purely about focusing on you know meaning or purpose or um, you know how they wanted to develop themselves sort of self-development type coaching in fact that's so integrated now to people's choices of their careers and and how they are gaining meaning and purpose from their careers as well so I've, I've kind of worked through the, the concepts of post-traumatic growth and, and trauma and the understanding of that. We've looked at a, a little bit about what it means to coach and the fact people can choose to seek out coaching to move forwards when they're feeling stuck and they're feeling those challenges. And actually there is a role for the coach there to be able to, to hold that space where they feel appropriate, to upskill themselves, um, to have a, some basic and understanding or knowledge and and also the fact that the world as we know it has shifted quite significantly so if I think about the research that I did as part of my uh, MSc and uh, there's only so much I'm, I'm going to be able to tell you about this in, in some cases in terms of the depth because it's it is due to be published so I can give you an outline of the research that I did, which was to speak to uh, a series of coaches, all different levels of experience, some, you know, a couple of decades, some fairly new coaches, and to have in-depth interviews with those coaches to really understand that link between post-traumatic growth as a phenomenon and how that works with their coaching clients, have they experienced, what did that shift look like, and to really understand the whole process from their, ex, you know, from their lens as a coach, um, how that affected the coach uh, themselves. So that's really important to understand people's ability, as I said before, to hold that space, uh, but also the, the outcome this has had on their client. 
and and how they how they've understood that and it, it was really interesting to see some of those topics that dropped out of that research around you know the understanding of the coaches around what is post-traumatic growth the understanding of trauma you know the fact I mentioned right at the start there that people have very clear uh, definitions of trauma when it comes to something that's quite um, horrific and on a perhaps a quite very large scale and the fact that trauma can be so personal and so individual and also understanding that that concept of boundaries and I think that's really important because you know, that links into the the ethical considerations it, it links into an unregulated and unlicensed industry as well so there's a number of, of key themes that have come out of that, which is, is really important um, for both coaches to understand uh, when moving forwards with a client and working with a client where they're at in that journey with them, but also for a client, a coaching client to be really clear. So when you, when you are seeking out a coach, so if you are thinking, right, I'm, I'm at this point in my life, I feel that, you know, I've heard coaching is really great. It's a great tool. Um, how, you know, what can I do? How, how can I work with this person to really uh, to get a sense of that coach's practice is really important. And I think as a professional coach, I have a manifesto and I make it, it's, it's written in a way which is very metaphorical, but actually the clients that I've worked with when I send them that document they kind of really get a sense of who I am as a coach, but also the ability of, of holding that space and the ability to, um, to work with a client and perhaps quite a, a, a deeper level than, than perhaps another style of coach. So here are some key takeaways really for you to take away from the webinar today is that work and life integration is, is, becoming a, a fusion uh, if we think about where we are today in 2020 and we know life is difficult and tough and I think on some level you know, potentially we can all experience trauma at different points throughout our life and it, it you know depends on how resilient we are at that point what skills we pull on what support we have to be able to move through that so you know, we all have this ability to move through difficult stressful times and and but to learn and grow from those situations as well. And the fact that, you know, we could have a business coach, but ultimately there's a, there's a, a well-known phrase by one of the coaching professors uh, that I studied under, which was, you know, if somebody, if you have a client and, you know, they're breathing, then you're, you're kind of doing life coaching too, because we, we don't compartmentalize our work and our life separately. It's very much um, a fusion of the two. And I think it's really important for coaches to understand the complexities of trauma, but to also understand how, when they are dealing with their clients in a safe manner, that they have the ability to engage with referral support services. So they have a, you know, a network of professionals in different fields that they perhaps have, have met with or had a conversation with so that if a client does feel that it's very much heading in towards the counseling or the psychotherapy route or they need that extra uh, professional support from a mental health service provider, it's, it's good to have those contacts ready to go. It's good to know you are perhaps referring to 
signposted um, contacts who are who are qualified in their expertise in their area. It doesn't mean that the client has to use them, but also it gives you that added advantage of, of you know knowing your business and knowing it well. And I think that's really important in providing that holistic service to our clients as coaches. And I do think it's important to upskill and equip yourself as a coach. So you know, I've undertaken numerous voluntary and uh, pro bono assignments with all different types of individuals. So working with uh, employees of a women's aid charity, um, working with refugee volunteers out in the field. Um, there's, there's different groups who would gladly receive support and those who are perhaps working with, so they may not be that end user of a particular service, but they are dealing with quite difficult and um, traumatic experiences day in day out for, as part of their role and actually that gives you again such a much broader experience as a coach um, to be able to develop that skill set so yep the courses are great um, the the knowledge is really really important and and find the way that that works best for you whether it's podcasts or books or journal articles whatever you think is, is suitable for your own learning style but that hands-on practical expertise as a coach is is so important because once you you have that you know you're much better to be able to deal with situations with with your own clients as well and if we think about the fact that coaching is about moving forwards it's about looking to the future it's whether that is um, a few weeks or a month for somebody or whether we're talking a five-year plan that somebody wants to put together or a you know, two-year goal, whatever that looks like, I think it's important to recognize that post-traumatic growth is about moving forwards. It's about coming out of that uh, outcome, feeling you know, changed as a result of that outcome. And I think coaching has the ability to support that in the right circumstances. So I hope that you found this a useful webinar in terms of understanding a little bit about post-traumatic growth. Hopefully it may be a new phenomenon that you've just discovered. Understanding a little bit more about coaching psychology as an area of expertise and also to think about with those two concepts together, the, uh, the role of coaching when dealing with trauma and the role of the coach, which is so important. And there's some key takeaways for you also. You can reach me at uh, shampsconsult.com. And I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn under Ruth.CooperDixon under Instagram and Ruthie Coops under Twitter and LinkedIn. Please do come and give me a follow or drop me an email using the shampsconsult.com website you can you can send a message through there and I can you know get in touch with you if you're interested in receiving a copy of the research paper when it's produced later on this year I'll be able to share that with you also but thank you so much thank you for joining me today and I hope you find that informative and beneficial to your own knowledge Friends, if you like this episode of the LeadX Leadership Podcast, please take a minute, leave a rating on iTunes or Stitcher. Ratings are invaluable for attracting new listeners. And I like to convert those listeners into leaders because you know I'm on a mission to spark 100 million leaders in the next 10 years. And if you wanna become the boss everyone fights to work for and nobody wants to leave, 
Check out the LeadX platform with Coach Amanda at leadx.org. And if you have 10 or more managers who could use some binge-worthy training, send me an email at info at leadx.org, L-E-A-D-X dot O-R-G, and we'll talk about getting you set up with a totally free pilot for those managers. See if they like it. If they don't, that's fine. We go away. Part as friends. But if they love it, you've just found yourself a new resource for them. Remember, leadership is influence. You're always leading. How are you going to lead today? <laughs>